Okay, so we are on the fourth finger of the five essential parts of the LDS testimony glove. This is a series that we are doing right now, and this is actually part five of seven. I can't believe we have blasted through this week like this, but uh, one of the most confusing things about coming to Christ after leaving the church has to do with all the terminology. And one of the big things that I struggled with a bit was the concept of testimony, uh, because testimony in the LDS faith really feels very different than it does in the Christian faith. And I wanted to reframe my brain around this and I wanted to do the same for you. So in this rapid fire seven part series, we have been exploring that term testimony. And these have been short episodes over seven days that we've gone through and we've hit all of these different five points of what make up the LDS testimony and we are testing them against the Bible. So in today's episode, we are looking at the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is the Lord's Church on the earth today. And what we are really looking at is what does the Bible say about what Christ's church actually is. Okay, are you ready for this? We're gonna jump in. Let me guess, the world keeps telling you you are enough. All on your own, you are enough. Well, I'm about to drop a truth bomb. On your own, you will never be enough. Wait, hold up. Okay, did I get your attention? I am Shelby Hosfield, and at times I was an ex-Mormon, agnostic, a Sunday Christian, and a New Age follower, but God had very different plans for me. The whole time I was living in a very big lie, that I was in charge somehow of my own enoughness and my works were going to save me and my life. Don't get me wrong, I am all about self-help and personal development, but as a born-again, fully transformed Christian, I learned there is the world's way, and there's God's way. To quote C.S. Lewis, the more we get ourselves out of the way and let him take us over, the more truly ourselves we become. You are enough not because of what you have done, but because what he has done, and he lives through you. If you are ready for Bible truths, theology, and apologetics, and wisdom from his word that will shape your life, your confidence, and yes, your feeling of enough, then friend, you are in the right place. This is Finding Faith Above. Okay, this is going way back, but I want to invite you, if you are a Bible geek like me (laughs) and want to dive deeper into all about the church, uh, I do have an episode all the way back. It's episode 32, and it is all about what is the church, what does the Bible say, and do you have the courage to find out what is true. Uh, I have a link for this, even to the blog post, if you want to just read about it. uh, And that's going to be in the show notes, just because I really did a super deep dive in that one into a lot about what the church actually is. And today we're going to look at it in context uh, with our testimony and what that means. Um, In this series, we have looked at the five essential points of what a testimony is supposed to include in the LDS church. That's the Mormon church. And we are doing this because here's the truth. Everything when it comes down to God must be tested against the Bible. Why? Because the Bible is God's honest word. That is our truth as Christians. And if we want to know if something is true, we want to hear it straight from God himself, not our feelings. We cannot rest on our feelings. We pray and he speaks through his word. And uh, I know sometimes this can feel a little like I, I carried this whole idea with me that the Bible was not 
um, all truth. Even after I left the church, I, I totally believed it was, uh, had been corrupted through the years and all that stuff and all that junk. And, um, after doing so much more research into it all and just diving in, I, I feel very, very strongly against that now. Um, in fact, that's a big part of my testimony is my journey through kind of getting through that part as well. And, uh, in really trusting the inerrancy of the Bible. And one of the things that really helped me with that, there is a beautiful documentary uh, called um, When God Speaks. And it is, it, you can just see it on YouTube. Um, it's free. It's so cool. If you uh, have a hard time finding it, if you also wanted to grab the resource library that I put together, I have a whole bunch of videos on there uh, about the Bible and the trustworthiness of the Bible. Um, if you wanted to grab that, that's going to be in the show notes as well. So you can grab that and, and just start learning about how amazing and trustworthy and truthful and how cool the Bible really is. So can we trust the Bible? Heck yeah, for so many reasons, it is crazy. So go listen to episode number 65. I do a real deep dive into that on that episode. Can I trust the Bible? Here are eight reasons why. That's a great episode if you are um, kind of struggling with this a little bit. So all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. That's 2 Timothy 3.16. So now that we have that established, <laughs> that God's word is what we need to go to for truth, what does it say about church? So we're going to read what Colossians 1, 15 through 20 has to say about Jesus and who he is to the church. And oh, this is just, I just love this. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him, all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things and in him, all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. Amen. And if Jesus is the head, then who are we to the church? That's the next question that we need to ask. Let's see what the Bible has to say about that. We are looking at 1 Corinthians. Again, this is chapter 12, and this is going to start on verse 12. The human body has so many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some of us are Gentiles, some of us are slaves, and some are free. But we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. Yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. If the foot says, I am not a part of the body because I am not a hand, that does not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear says, I am not a part of the body because I am not an eye, would that make it any less a part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? Or if your whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? I always think this is so funny that this is actually the Bible. <laughs> That I, I, they're talking about ears and ears. It's just funny. Anyways, we're going to keep going. But our bodies have many parts and God has put each part just where he wants it. 
How strange a body would be if it had only one part. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. In fact, some parts of the body that seem the weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. And the parts we regard as less honorable are those we clothe with the greatest care. And we carefully protect those parts that should not be seen, while the more honorable parts do not require this special care. So God has put the body together such that extra honor and care are given to those parts that have less dignity. This makes for harmony among the members so that all the members care for each other. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. And if one part is honored, all the parts are glad. All of you together, together are Christ's body. And each of you is a part of it. Okay, so let me ask you, if Christ is the head and we, the people, the believers, those who have come to Jesus are the body of Christ, and that is his church. So let me ask you, does Christ's true church seem to be a place with walls? Does it have, from what you just, what we just talked about, about how everybody has their special position as followers of Christ. Is there a man-made appointed hierarchy in that? We're actually going to talk more about uh, the gifts of the Spirit tomorrow because that ties right into this. It's all going to make a little bit more sense. And uh, it's really going to, I think, hit home a lot more. Okay, so Bibles for America says, when we believed in the Lord Jesus as our Savior, we were brought into a living, organic union with Him. This is just like a branch that is in union with a vine. In this union with Christ, we were sanctified, or set apart unto God for His purpose. By being joined to Christ, we believers were sanctified and made the constituents of the church. That is when we believed in Him. That that's when that happens. Although it may be very common to hear questions like, what church do you go to? Or what church do you belong to? Today, we've seen from these verses that the church isn't a place we go to or something we join. The Bible shows us the church is the called out ones who have believed in Jesus Christ, those who have been joined to him and sanctified unto him through faith. We're going to read real quick in 1 Corinthians 1, 2. This is uh, where Paul is actually addressing the church in Corinth at the time. I am writing to God's church in Corinth, to you who have been called by God to be his own holy people. He made you holy by means of Christ Jesus, just as he did for all people everywhere who call on the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, their Lord and ours. Okay, guys, so this is going to make even more sense tomorrow when we kind of dive into this a little bit more and go back through all the different pieces that we've talked about over these last few days. But I want you to know this. Know this right now. As followers of Jesus, as believers in our Lord, we already are the body and Christ is the head. And we are the church. As followers of Jesus, friend, you are already part of the only truest, most beautiful church 
there could ever be. All right, friends. So after you are done listening today, I want you to go to findingfaithabove.com slash get the resources like I talked about so that you can go watch that beautiful documentary. It is going to just knock your socks off. It is gorgeous. Uh, So go ahead and do that. Remember, it is findingfaithabove.com slash get the resources, or you can also just click on it. It's the first little thing here in the show notes. And then also remember, this is day five of seven. So we still got a couple days left of this series. So if you have just wandered here, this is the first time you are listening, go back to episode 88 and you can follow along. And then if you want to send this to a friend and finish it off with them, that would be amazing. And uh, I'm so happy that you're here and I'm so happy that you are listening. And I really truly hope that this is helping you to reframe your brain around all of this stuff and also to help you to just build that testimony in just amazing, beautiful, beautiful ways. All right, I hope you guys are not melting um, wherever you are. I'm here in the West, it's a million degrees. (laughs) And I guess if you are in other parts of the country, I really hope and I pray that you guys are all safe because I know that rain is just insane as well. Okay, I will talk to you guys tomorrow. 